Hello, hello, language lovers! Welcome back to LingoCast, the podcast of your language journey. My name is Eliseu, and today we are gonna talk with João Becker, also known as John. To be honest, I didn't know a lot about him and his projects until some people mentioned his work and methods to me some months ago. Since then, we've been in touch and I've become a fan of his content. He's also Brazilian and is a polyglot, language content creator, and has been teaching himself many different foreign languages using his own methods and approaches. So, I've already talked too much. Let's check how the talk with John was. Hello, John. How are you doing? All good. <laughs> What about yeah. you? Yeah, everything all right. And like before we start, can you tell a little bit about yourself? And yeah, where are you from? How old are you? And All right. Okay, so I'm originally from a place called Miracema do Tocantins. It's up north in Brazil, uh, the state of Tocantins. But I lived most of my life in the city of Palmas, which is the capital city in the state. Uh, it's the like the youngest capital in Brazil. It's a nice place. I'm 26 right now. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be 27. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, currently I'm I'm based in Curitiba, Paraná. Okay, yeah, th this part I didn't know. Yeah. I, th I thought you were living in Tocantins, yeah? Yeah, no, no, right now I live in Curitiba. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I've seen that you, you speak like many languages and, you know, like I'm also Brazilian and I know that it's not very easy to get contact with different languages in Brazil. Like we, it's not something that we have, like in Europe, for example. And how did you get interested in, in it? Like, how did your language journey start? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I The way I see it, I was never interested, like, it was not about languages at first. It was about the stuff that I could do with languages. So I, I like to say that when I was a kid, I was like um, around 11 or 12 years old when I got a PlayStation for, for Christmas. My, my older brother and I, we got this PS2. And we were so excited and we were like, yeah, finally we have a, you know, we have a video game. And then we started playing like games every day, like, like literally every day. And that's when it really started for me. I, I, I like to make this, like, I like to joke about it that I learned English and it was not on purpose. I accidentally learned English through culture, through games, through music. Um, in the same year, it was, I, I think it was in uh, 2007, uh, my other brother, he had a, an, an MP3 player and he always uh, listened to, you know, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. And I, as the younger one, so I, so I was... I'm not sure if the younger generations know what is an MP3 player. Yeah, <laughs> they'll never, they'll never get it. Yeah, but it's all right. That doesn't matter. So, so yeah, it, it happened like that for me. It was uh, everything was so quick, you know. I I remember in twenty o seven, I was the like the worst kid in class, uh, in every English examination we did, and then in the same year, like from from January to December, I was the number one in class. And I and I didn't realize that I was doing immersion every day and you know using the language to 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 play games and listen to music. I was just having fun in my head. I was you know I was just having fun. I was enjoying music and enjoying games. 
And I, many years later, I realized what I'd done then. Okay, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Like what you said about the languages were not uh, the the main goal, right? I usually tell people that for me, it's not about the languages, about what I can access with the languages and like the cultures mostly. So I think it's, it's very similar to what you said. And you also produce content online about languages. Why did you decide to do that? Well, that's a, another nice story. Uh, so what happened to me is that after I learned English, I spent over 10 years in my life bilingual. Like I, 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 I say that I, I learned English and I stopped in time because I, I was, I had fun. I could do the stuff that I wanted. I could watch series and movies online and don't have to worry about, you know, having the subtitles, right? So I, I just, I pretty much did everything that I wanted to, but everything changed in 2017 when I went abroad for the first time. So I studied for a month. I, I, I did a, a winner course. So it was a, a winner program, a winner uh, business program in Italy. And so I took this course and I, I remember like it was yesterday. We were on the last evening of the, the program. We were in Alta Villa Vicentina in the north of Italy. It's uh, close Veneto. to... Yeah, in the Veneto region. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, and I was at this place, at this hotel called Valmarana Hotel. And it's a really cool place, by the way. So, uh, like uh, this historic building, you know, looks like a Harry Potter castle or something. And we were in the basement of the hotel and there were people from over 14 countries in this basement. And there were like a small, small uh, circles of people speaking, you know, talking about all different kinds of things. And I, I could only get to the, the, the English speaking circles. And I, I, I was like left outside, you know, like, like I felt like I was in a Black Mirror episode when I tried to, to get to these people and I couldn't because there was like this blur in front of me i was like Shh, and i and i couldn't talk to these people so that's the first time in my life that i thought well i have to do something about it <laughs> so uh first thing when i got back to brazil i had decided that i was going to learn uh new languages and i thought okay french might be a, a good idea i tried french the the old and uh, you know the, the way that every brazilian has tried in the past so i, I bought a notebook a uh, new pen I downloaded Duolingo <laughs> and I listed a bunch of videos on YouTube that I was going to watch in order to learn French. And of course it didn't work. Then I thought maybe Italian is easier. So I did the same thing with Italian and it didn't work. <laughs> then then I, I did the same thing with French, Italian, uh, Spanish, uh, all the all the like close languages to Portuguese and it didn't work with any of them. So after two years, I was almost giving up the, the idea of speaking new languages. Like, ah, this is only for people who have the gift for languages. And uh, that's the most beautiful part of, I think, I, I, in my perspective, this is the most beautiful part of my journey because that's when I, I set myself a challenge. I, was, I, I took my, my cell phone, I, I went on Instagram, on my stories, and I said, well, people, so here's the thing. I'm going to start speaking French here every day, every fucking, like every single day until I'm able to speak French to natives. And well, 
after four months, I was uh, in my city in Palmas, and my one of my best friends, Robson, he told me, he, he calls me Pofecho. This is a little inside joke we have because I'm a teacher. So he said, Pofecho, there's a yeah, there's a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there's gonna be a concert in our city today. So yeah, it's a really cool band. They're from France, and I was like, shit, they're from France. What they doing in Palmas? They're from France. Yeah, they're going to Casa da Árvore. Let's go watch the, the gig. Okay, let's go. We went. The, the, the concert was amazing. And at the end of the concert, he told me, Vala professor. <laughs> Talk to them. To, to say them. To tell them. Yeah, say anything. Do anything. And then I, I got there. I said hello. I introduced myself. And they told me the, you know, the history of the band. And they asked about, about me, about how I learned French. Basically, we spoke one hour in French. And this happened from January to April 2019. So in that evening, I I made my, myself two questions that made, th this is the answer. This made me start doing content, producing content online. First question, this thing that I did, that I, that I still do not understand, but I did something here that worked. So does this thing work with other languages too or only French second question does it work with other people or only me and well ever since uh, it's been it's been three years now since that evening and I've been proving every day to myself that yes it works with other languages and I've been proving to all my students that yes it works with other people so that's the story of how I started producing content online. Well, it's a really nice story. Yeah. And then uh, how about the Zeppelin community? Can yeah. You tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. So that's the way, that's the way we call our tribe. So we're, uh, we, 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 we define ourselves as a tribe and the name of the tribe is Zeppelin or let Zeppelin. Well, so the story of behind the name is a little funny. So I, I was at my grandma's like years ago and uh, one of my, I have many, bro I have many siblings, many siblings. So one of my younger sisters, uh, we were like playing on the, the living room and then our aunt said, uh, let's go kids, let's have lunch. And then I said, okay, we're going. And I, I looked at them and I said, let's borrow. This, this is, this is something that I said, let's borrow. It's something for many years I've, I've used this because I was an English teacher for years. So I always said this to my students, let's borrow everybody. So let's borrow is like a slang. Like it's like, let's go in Portuguese mixed up with let's, you know, with bora. Uh, so I said, let's borrow. And one of my sisters, she said, let's Zeppelin. And then I was like, wow, <laughs> I was blown away by this because they know my favorite band is Led Zeppelin. So. And I, I just loved it. I was like, let's Zeppelin. This is great. And so when I, when I stopped to think about it, it's a calling. Because when you say let's something, it's like it's a calling. It's an invitation for something. And Zeppelin makes sense because it's something huge. It's something like, you know, that flies high and then beyond the, the, the sky. So, And at the same time, it's something that flies in a light way. So it's not something heavy at the same time. So it made sense to me to, to call our tribe this way. So we call ourselves the Zeppelin community or Led Zeppelin community because of this story. 
So it's a, it's an invitation to be your next version to go beyond. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and can you describe a little bit about uh, this community? How does it work, and how? Yeah, for more detail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, basically, it's a it's a place. Okay, it's a, it's a digital place. It's a community online. It's not a, an actual place with walls. So it's a digital place where. Uh, people from sp specifically like I think 95% of the people are Brazilians but we have some foreigners also well it's a place where people get together to learn languages together so uh, through the contact with each other so uh, within the tribe within the, the Zeppelin community we like we have the you know the our, our path like the principles of the tribe which is the everything that I do, I teach them. So it's like my my way of learning languages. I teach this to, to them. And through this common, you know, learning beliefs and, and, and methods, we all learn together and we have groups for every language, like uh, for, for all the languages that I speak. So for, for English, Russian, French, uh, German, Italian, and Spanish. Okay. That it's a place for learning languages together through each other, through conversation with each other and doing something that we call conversation club or clubinhos. Mm -hmm. So that's it. We practice together. So that's the, the German conversation club that you had mentioned uh, two weeks ago that we talked and you said, ah, oh, that, that's all, this one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the groups. There, one, there of the group. one of the groups. Okay. And someone told me that you are uh, an expert of self-teaching languages, like you, you have been already telling us. And can you tell us a little bit about your, your process? Like, how do you approach languages when you start learning a language from scratch? How do you approach the language? Ah, good, great question. Uh, so, uh, I like the number three. I always split stuff into three parts. So, the way that I see language learning is I see preparing, I see transition and I see consolidation. So the preparing part is the first one. It's everything that you do before you go to the war zone, before you put yourself out there and you go to a conversation club and you start actually practicing. Um, so it's the immersion moment. For most languages, I like to recommend four weeks. It's a good number. So in four weeks, what most people should be doing they should be developing their auditive intuition. This is something that I learned from Catalon in her book. And they should be watching the high frequency words. So it's not about actually learning many words or learning any grammar or learning anything like specific. It's about observing patterns. So through uh, content consumption, you get familiar with the sounds and structures so that when you actually have to talk to people, you're able to do that in a more, let's say, natural way. So when you listen to somebody speaking Russian or German or English, it doesn't sound like an alien speaking. So it sounds like a person talking about daily stuff. So the, these are the, the key points, in my perspective, this first moment of preparing you know, preparing yourself to converse in another language. So developing your listening skill or uh, auditive intuition and observing the high frequency words. For example, uh, the best example of this is myself when I started Russian. A year ago, in uh, March 1st of 2021, 
I had my first conversation in Russian. To be honest, I think I knew 40 words in Russian, maybe 50. But I was familiar with the sounds and structures. So that's why, okay, I made mistake. I still make mistakes and I still gaggle when I speak. But it was possible for me to talk to Veronika when we had our first conversation in Russian. Well, uh, this is preparing. Second one is the transition. The transition, uh, I also like to call it from zero to conversational. That, that's why it's called transition. So it's when you go from I don't speak until the, the, the I speak point, you know, <laughs> to the moment where you realize, okay, I, I, I understand this person. I can understand like 60, 70% of what the person's saying. And I can make myself understood. I can make my, I can make people at least get the idea of what I'm saying. And I can write and I can read. This is the, the conversational zone, you know, let's say conversational fluency. Well, after that is not the end, we know. <laughs> we, we who like we done this many times before, we know that when we get to the conversational part, that's when the fun begins. So that's where the, that's that's the moment where okay, now I'm gonna really get the you know the 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 neck of this language. And this is the consolidation part. So it's when you it's when you go from maybe B1 level to B2, C1 level and above. So and that's the, the infinite game. That's that's the beautiful part. That's the infinite game. That's the the moment where you say, okay, now now we're gonna start playing. And it doesn't end. Like we, we never finish a language, we, we only start languages. Yeah, we never finish, yeah. Yeah. And I also heard that you you don't approach, you don't study grammar. I think study will be the, the correct verb about that, right? Like uh, for Russian, for example. And how, Lena, I think that we still, for many people, they start learning a language. I said, okay, I, I need to learn the grammar. Uh, if you if you have a different approach about that, how how do you do that uh, to learn without um, studying and paying so much attention to grammar? Well, uh, I see grammar as the invisible skeleton of a language. So even though I, I, I do not consciously uh, look for it at the beginning, it's there. It's, it's happening, you know, <laughs> whether I like it or not. Uh, what I do, actually, it's um, even though I, it's not my focus, there, there's a moment. Eventually, I, I start, you know, dealing with, with grammar. But the thing is... For me, actually, in, in my approach, it happens after six or maybe seven months at least. Not in the beginning, not at first. So after you've done one month or a month and a half of preparing, and after you went from zero to conversational, okay, then you're going to start grammar. Then that's the moment where you're going to say, okay, now let's let's understand why stuff is like this. So why the, the, do the Andes change in Russian? So with the, the, the cases, right? So the, for me, that happened with Russian, for example. First time that I sat down to study grammar in my life, it was 10 months after a conversation. So and it, and it varies from language to language. Um, with Italian, was was much quicker than, than Russian. But, you know, I'm Brazilian. So it, it only makes sense to, to have been that way. But uh, yeah, but for me, it's uh, there's an there's a there's an order, so there's preparing, 
transition and then consolidation. In consolidation, that's when when I go for grammar, not before that. You know, and I, when I say grammar, that's what I'm talking about. About uh, I have already practiced grammar unconsciously, but now I'm gonna actually go after, you know, understanding the the rules and structures and the the whys behind the, everything in the language. So yeah, that's my take on it. Oh, okay. Pretty interesting as well. Uh, I think that, I mean, in my opinion, people pay too much attention to grammar and to less attention to their communication skills. All right. And uh, the first time we talked, you showed me your schedule and I noticed that your schedule is pretty organized. Do you have any tips for people who wants to create a week plan or a learning schedule or more or less based on how you do it? Um, well, yeah. I think first things, uh, planning, like um, you, you start from the macro planning and then you go back to the micro planning. So what do I mean by that? Let's say you have a uh, yearly goal. So like a, a, a yearly thing that you want to accomplish. Okay, so by the, end of the year, by the end of the year, I want to do this. Well, what are the monthly steps? The, the monthly, you know, the monthly not steps, the monthly, um, yeah, let's say steps. What are the monthly steps to get you closer to this thing? And in order for your monthly steps to happen, what are the, the weekly, you know, stages that you have to, to, you know, overcome? So you accomplish your, your monthly steps. Then comes the, the weekly planning. So every time that I plan my, my weeks, I have two things in mind. So, this planning of my week, is it going to get me closer to my, my goal in December? Is it going to get me closer to my monthly planning, uh, like micro goal that I have for this month? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Second thing, important things, they should have a day and a time to happen. Because if we, we, if we go like, if we let, just let things roll, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we'll see what, how things turn out by the end of the week. They don't happen. Like, for example, this conversation, we set a date in an hour, and now we're here talking. Important things should be like this. Like, we cannot just go, you know, <laughs> let, let the week pass us by and expect that by Friday we have done everything we should have. So when I, when I build my schedule, these are the two things that I, that I have in mind first. And well, the the other tip that I have, um, aside from that, is that you, like, your schedule should be something enjoyable and easy for you to do. So, for example, for me, I, you saw my schedule. I like things to be, you know, I, I like to put life into the stuff that I do. So I put a lot of emojis in my planning, a lot of color, a lot of life, and a lot of my personality and my stuff. So my, my trainings, I write down Hakka, <laughs> the Hakka time. So I, I put my personality into my planning and I think everybody should. I don't think anybody should like make, you know, generic uh, Excel sheets for weekly planning unless that's the way they like it. So I think that's uh, it's about enjoying the process and uh, like having fun, spending your, you know, 15 or 20 minutes a week doing your planning. So that, that's what works for me. Okay. 
And before we were talking about uh, the polyglot gathering, and you were telling me that you are attending uh, here in Poland. And what do you expect to learn from the polyglot gathering and when you are going to attend it? What, what are your expectations about it? It's going to be our first one, right? Yeah. Well, so it's go it is going to be my first polyglot gathering, but to be honest, I... I don't actually have any expectations for, like, I, I know it's going to be a great trip. I know it's going to be a great experience, but <laughs> I have this philosophy that I, I, I avoid expectations always. I have my goals in the trip. So I want to go, I want to, you know, uh, meet Warsaw for the first time, meet Poland, uh, maybe go to Germany to uh, see some friends in person, like uh, maybe you. So, Veronica, Fabrizio, and other friends that I, uh, Richard Simcott. So I want to meet all these people. I see these these things as goals. But in terms of expectation, I just want to go and have a good time. I, <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's my answer. Good. Okay, yeah, we are coming to, to an end. And there are some questions, that two questions that I always ask. But before, you mentioned also about books today. And uh, I noticed that your last video was also about books. Do you have any books about language learning that you would recommend people uh, that are interested in, in the topic? Absolutely. There's one book that actually it can be easily found online. It's uh, for, for sale or for <laughs> maybe for download, depending on where you, where you search it. So the book, How I Learn Languages by Catalombo. I think it's the best language learning book that I've read in my life. And, it, and the name is pretty obvious, How I Learn Languages. <laughs> okay. And yeah, so the last two questions. What's your personal definition of fluency? Because everyone wants to achieve fluency. Everyone talks about, ah, oh, I want to be fluent, I'm fluent. So what's your definition of fluency? Yeah, good one. Uh, well, so when I when people people often ask me this uh, in my, my answer, changes from time to time right now my take on it is there's conversational fluency and there's proficiency and there's the native like speaking level these are in my my perspective that these are three different things and well my goal every time that i set out to learn language is connection like uh the language is only the bridge the, the the means you know but the end is all always the people always the connection always the stuff that you can do with the language and connecting the beginning with this i i see that once you get to the uh conversational fluency that's a moment where you where, where you can decide okay so with this language now that i've that i've achieved communication what do i want to go now where do i want to go now do I want to reach proficiency? Do I want to? Do I want to be like native-like in this language, or not? Or 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 am I happy with being just conversational fluent? Because because if it's the case, it's not a problem. It's not it's not a sin. It's not it's not wrong to achieve conversational level and, and be happy there. I I can do that. I can learn like uh, ten languages on conversational fluency level and just stay there because that's what I wanted. There's no problem about it. So I think in terms of goals, it depends on each person. And my definition of fluency is this. So the, there, there's 
three different levels that represent three different things. And depending on each person and their goals, so they should be, you know, uh, targeting different levels. So conversational level, proficiency, like C2 level, or native-like speaking level, which is, <laughs> it's different. In my opinion, it's not the same thing of C2. Okay, and the last question, you already answered it more or less, but what does it mean for you to be a polyglot? Well, uh, the book definition of a polyglot is a person who can communicate, who can converse in at least four languages. But I'm, uh, th that's, that's a really interesting question. In my perspective, there's a lot of people who still do not speak very well for languages, but they're already polyglots because they already have the mindset, the, the, the polyglot way of living. There, I, I've got a lot of students, this is going to be the perfect example. I have a lot of students who reached my, my work in the last year. They reached me online and they, they looked for me uh, at first because of English. They reached the, the level they wanted in English. And then they were, you know, they were taken by the, the polyglot way. They was like, okay, now, now I have to learn French. And then I'll learn Italian. And then I'll learn German. Once they start doing that, some of them, they, they only speak three languages. And they're getting ready to, to start language number four. But their hearts are already polyglot hearts. I think it's a, more about this feeling and this determination that, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Also pretty similar to my, I said uh, polyglot is a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much for attending. It was really nice. Uh, I learned a lot from you. It's always interesting to talk uh, with people who are also working with languages and also people who come from the same country as I came, especially because as we said, like in Brazil, we are not very exposed to languages, especially when we give back to the community like you do, producing content, creating the, the clubs, helping people also to achieve their language goals. So yeah, it was a great pleasure to talk to you today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Thank you and see you in Warsaw soon. I'll see you on the other side, man. Bye. That was the talk with João. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you liked it, don't forget to follow us on social media and share our episodes with your friends. And let us know who you would like to see talking with us in the following episodes. If you want to leave any feedback or suggestions, you can reach us via Instagram. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another special guest. See you then and enjoy your language journey.